Hi, and welcome to MC Podcast 44. Glad that you could join us today. In studio is Kyle Vosberg. Kyle, welcome. Thank you. Absolutely. So glad that you are here. Hey, I uh, want to spend a little time today. It's uh, it's kind of been raining a little bit lately. Yep. Can you expand on that a little bit? Yeah, it has. I mean, it's it, as it normally does in the Midwest here in the springtime. It starts raining, doesn't really stop, rains a lot. Rains a lot. Keeps, keeps raining. Keeps raining. Keeps raining. I mean, for us here, it's been a little bit cooler than usual. Yeah. I know it's actually been quite a bit cooler, actually. Uh, I mean, we're looking at... Yeah, we're know, the first of April, or the... Almost the second week of April, yep. and we're going to have some 20s in the week. On the Over weekend. the weekend, yeah. Yep. yeah. I know Illinois Turkey, first season opens Monday, and it's, it's looking chilly and wet towards the end of the week. It's supposed to rain again the last four days of next week. Yeah. So um, so it's just that time of the year. Hopefully it'll – we need the, the temps if it's going to dry out. I mean, usually yep. that's what gets us lucky is we get the temps here late in April, so that's what we need. Absolutely. So, yeah, in fact, I was talking to a buddy of mine. Uh, earlier this week, and he he's a, he's a row crop farmer, and uh, and I said, uh, so Chris, when when you plant, and he just kind of looked at me like, don't be dumb, and and I said, <laughs> yeah. I said, you can plant this week. He's <laughs> like, dude, if it stopped raining right now, it would be three weeks. <laughs> now there is the guy, so the the guy everybody knows that plants the hundred bushel soybeans. Right, he planted the. Th- third week of february this year and it snowed the afternoon after he planted that oh, so he had like half an inch of snow or an inch of snow on his soybeans so wow that's so, what you get when you plant snow snow in, snow, in, that's, snow beans that's what you know when, when you plant soybeans those, those would in be february. snow beans <laughs> they would be yeah so, absolutely in february yeah and so i just got back from uh wisconsin uh yesterday and um, and man, I, I'm gonna tell you, the fields were were, were just wet everywhere we went, uh, from here uh, all the way into to Madison. I mean, it was just it was wet, and yeah. um, and so there was I mean water standing in a lot in a lot of places. So I, yeah, I, we we're gonna need we're gonna need some drying out before we we do that. Yeah, and we've had consistent rainfall we yeah. really have like I, I remember last year we had like a lot of flooding i mean like, it was like pretty detrimental. 74 inches yeah, in like was, 24 hours yeah and, and we had it i mean much, we did have yeah. a lot of rain within just a couple of days and it really like it was hard to, but this has just been steady rain i mean it rains every day and it rains for an hour or two and yeah. then it's just i mean it's so it's been a little bit more consistent yeah so i was i was trying to look up earlier today what what the uh what the average rainfall was for march and and was having a hard time finding finding it, but but anyway, I mean, it was we we were, and, and yeah. then even even now, uh, two weeks into April, we're just still getting we're, it. We're still we're still getting it, and yep. it's you know, I, I hate to wish away a rain, but, but yeah. yeah, no, and, and so so that that being said, that being said, um, one of the things that I wanted to touch base on today was maybe somebody out there who's listening is like, man, I'm usually planting the you know the the middle of April or the first of April or you yeah. know in and 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 they can't get in. There were guys down in Tennessee two weeks ago. We were I guess it'd probably been longer than that now three three or four weeks ago. And man, it was it was just raining and raining and raining and raining and raining. Uh, uh, all all week that we were there, it was like a couple inches every day. I mean, it was just it was it was astronomical. And they were like, we don't know we don't know when we're gonna when we're gonna get to plant. But so for for guys who may be in in that position where they are delayed, how how much um, at what point do guys want to start looking at maybe backing down the the day length of their corn? Yeah. So with with that conversation, which is 
extremely common. I probably get that call more in the spring than anything, except for maybe herbicide uses yeah. and things like that, yeah. herbicides and stuff. But um, no, so every situation is different, and you have to look at it from a standpoint of what what is your reasoning behind backing off relative yeah. maturity, and is it going to be detrimental to your operation, meaning are you going to lose both yield and possibly quality? Right. Um, so for guys who are planting, you know, late March, most of the time it's first week of April, second week of April. Yeah. Um, so I know there's a couple anomalies of that. Like I know like Georgia, some guys in Georgia are planting in February and yeah. parts of Florida, obviously. Um, but for a lot of those guys, they're getting in early because that's what their environment allows them to do. Um, you know, whereas it, moving up into the Midwest and into Wisconsin, you're planting pretty much as soon as you can get in because right. you want it, You have to finish corn. Right. So when you're when we're talking south of maybe like where our office is, so Tennessee, um, Kentucky, even into Kansas, because Kansas is kind of an anomaly because. Uh, there's not a lot of trees. They have a lot of wind movement. So when the temperatures do pick up, their ground tends to dry, dry a lot faster, faster than anybody else. Right. Um, you know, and usually, like, we'll go to South Dakota for a big dairy fest in March. And when you pass through Kansas City, you will see guys getting ready to plant. You'll see planters yeah. out. And, and that's the second or third week, yeah, third week were, of March. There were guys putting down, uh, when I was in Omaha for the uh, uh, Midwest Animal Science meeting, a month ago, there yep. were guys already putting anhydrous down. Yeah, right, because their their ground tends to dry faster than, yep. say, like Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, places like that. Um, so you need to reassess the situation and find out, um, is this a necessity of finishing corn, or okay. is this just, um, you know, I'm trying to get in a little early and plant a fuller season hybrid in the first yeah. place? Yeah. Um, I mean, in my honest opinion, a, a guy who might be too, who may have been too wet a week or two ago when he wanted to get in the ground in Tennessee or Kentucky, mm -hmm. he can still finish a full season hybrid right, if it gets right. planted in April. Okay. And okay. by full season, we mean 115-day corn, basically, or something bigger than that longer than that so um so you really have to reassess that situation and also so there's this we've always had this um we've always run into the roadblock of explaining to guys the difference in relative maturity of silage corn yeah and the difference of grain corn and so you need to understand that you just have to get to where you can chop it you don't right. you know so when you think about it you're not losing those days really um the only the the biggest difference I've actually seen in my time um, with that is picking hybrids that may or may not react well to high temperatures okay. right away. Okay, you know, so sometimes when it gets wet and then it dries off, it gets hot really quick because those cooler temperatures it was raining the whole time usually sure. when a corn would would uh begin its growth cycle and you know it kind of eases itself into the, its reproductive stages and, and building on an ear um this time you're planting in extremely hot situations and some hybrids are just not prepared not, for not really ready. hot weather really or bad. really warm ground temps yeah so so that's what you kind of have to ask yourself you know and and then the, the big question always is is there a loss in yield which to some extent, there is. And, well, and that depends on how extreme you go. Exactly. I mean, if I go from 115 to 111 day, probably not going to see any drop in yield. No. If I go from 115 to 105, maybe. Yeah. May, maybe some. If I go from 115 to 90 day, then it's it, pretty it, yeah, dramatic. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 substantial enough yep. there. Um, but at at the same at the same time having having some 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 feed and no feed are is better than it, yeah <laughs> yeah it's better and, and especially if i can get some feed with some starch in it 
Right. You know, I mean, if I if if I can't, you know, yeah, and, and get it at least close to moisture and and those kinds of things, it's better than better than having having really wet feed with low starch values that ferments all funky. Right. When I when I put it up. Exactly. So, yeah, and that's just another question to kind of ask and to look at your, you know, and everybody's operation is different. So maybe to a, a dairy that has some inventory, it's not as big of a deal. You know, you can kind of make the, the decision based on how much inventory you have, right. you know, um, how low of a relative maturity you actually believe yep. you need to go. Um, you know, you either uh, you there's two kinds of guys there's either the guy who kind of really panics and says like i need to drop down a really short yeah. season hybrid and you know uh which is kind of just fear i mean you right. just the fear of not finishing right. a hybrid right. and having corn silage and then the guy's like you know i mean we have feed and we're gonna fit this is gonna finish it's not a big deal it, it might be a little wet you yeah. know i mean not really wet but it might be a little wet so so as we we talk about you know relative maturity and having to explain that to guys a lot you know some guy who's planting 115 ha, ha, you know and maybe he he says oh I want to back down to 111 day you know that's four days relative maturity yeah you know or say let's say he's planting 117 let's just say he's he, he's planting 117 and wants to back down to 111 because he got in a week late yep right you know what what are how how different are those really going to finish in um in in corn silage maturity well depending on how the temperatures are it might not be at all so let's just say that say it was just wet but you had the high temperatures yeah that 114 day might actually act like 111 day because it's so, so warm when so it's warm. you know so that's that's part of it you know hybrids react differently to higher temps because obviously you get more gdus a day right. and you have more growing degree units and so yeah. you're gonna um and more in, in faster growing degree days so you're gonna have a quicker turnaround in your corn silage um you know that might rush things along and uh, you know, you might have to keep an eye on it and things like that moisture wise, but you know, that's all of a part of it. There's another side to that too, that, um, so a lot of corn insect pests base their life cycle on the way crops in the U S grow and, and, you know, throughout the world. Okay. Um, and so sometimes when you get in late, you will kind of hit a wall of insects, basically, especially okay. like corn rootworms. So if you do get in late, and there may have been a lot of water, um, and there, there are a couple other pests, but you are basically putting yourself at, at a disadvantage when pests come in. Um, so like, especially like, let's, okay, let's just take the southeast, for example, and things like that. If you get in a little too late, there's a possibility that um, sugarcane aphid is going to come yeah. in a little bit earlier yeah. than tassel. Um, you know, usually it comes in like tassel, silking, and then throughout that. Um, and you might run into it at an earlier time. So you need to kind of make a decision based on that. Um, now there's no... So sugarcane aphid really affect corn corn. It hybrid? does, yes. Oh. Yeah. Yep. Okay, I guess I didn't realize that. Yeah, so that's been the big issue. Um, so there have been a lot of guys who have figured out that you can stagger planting. It's actually in the southeast mostly uh, concerning to the second crop. So okay. the second crop of corn... Uh, you know, because Georgia, Florida, they'll plant two rotations of crop. They'll do a full season and then a short and season a short after. Season, right. And those short seasons are the ones who usually get hit with the sugarcane aphids. So, okay. uh, and we obviously know it's a big thing in sorghum oh, too. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's massive. Yeah. Um, there's really nothing right now in corn that you know that's going to take care of that. Um, but and, and I mean, now we're try finally selecting things in sorghum that are resistant to sugar. No, cane. no, no. I'm sorry. Don't they say are. Because see, we just had this podcast. We did. We just had this podcast with, with Tyson last week. That's true. Tolerant, not resistant. Tolerant. Don't be right. My right. goodness. 
Like you guys tolerate me, but you don't resist me. Like you still let me come into the yeah, office. Yeah, you still okay. let you come come into the Big office. Big difference. Tolerant. Yeah, we don't kill you. Yes, exactly. We don't kill you. We don't run you off. We don't let you affect a whole lot of things around here. Yeah. But we don't we don't just But we tolerate. But we don't resist you. Yes, tolerance. Tolerance. So <laughs> goodness. Oh goodness. Yeah. But yeah. And so that's another thing to keep in mind is that you know, that might mean if you're gonna go if you are gonna go a little shorter possibly adding on i would i would recommend an above ground trait stack you know that's okay. something i would worry about yeah. something with flying insects uh you know your broad lepidopterans things like that um so maybe getting a vip 3111 or a vip you know uh 3110 looking at something like that if you are going to go to a short if season option, go to a short yeah. season option make sure that that it's going to be protected from those above ground insects yep those flying insects. Yep. Which was a funny statement to me today for whatever reason. When you said that, I could just think of like circus characters like the great flying Wazzini. Yeah. You know, or well, just whatever. I, when you're learning like all the different parts to, you know, the, a trait package, you, yeah. you, you have corn rootworm. Oh, I know what that protects. You know, yeah. whenever you see a CW, you're like, oh, I know what that is. Yeah. CRW, I know what that is. And then yeah. you see BL, you're like, what's broad lepidopter? Like, like, I'll never forget back in the day, like anything that has wings. It is, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, is. birds. Not N- birds. Not birds. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, or Japanese beetles, but everything yeah, else. Everything yeah. else. So not everything that has wings. So not everything that has wings, but everything you would think mm-hmm. that would affect corn. Because not everything that glitters is gold. True. True. You know what I mean? It just, I, I do. That's just... That's the way it is. So not everything that yeah. has wings is protected by a buck. Why do we get off on these know. things, Foxburg? Why is it, where that even why is it always you and me? I don't know where that came from. I don't know. I just I, It was the first thing that popped in my in my mind. Yeah. Probably I should filter more right. often. Right. Than I do. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> maybe, maybe, I, maybe I should. So, yeah. So, so yeah, I, I think you're right. It, so it, it's... Part of that is right now it's not time to freak out about right. about shorter season. I mean we're still we're still good, you know. You know, it's it's we're not you know if you're you're typically planting 105, 107 day, stick with that. We're we're not we're not to that criti- that point of critical mass yet, right? right. And, and for for us it's a little different situation because in the dairy industry you have to produce corn mm-hmm, silage, mm-hmm. right? So in the grain industry in the grain markets, if it gets too late. You plant soybeans. Yeah. You know, you just you know, you just yeah. switch crops, you know, right. to another commodity crop. Not possible. Which by which by the way, I heard that uh that prices were up. I did hear that too. I did in commodity I, crops. The, the commodity crops prices were up um because because corn and soybean acres were down. I did hear that. I, yeah. I just yes. uh the the buddy of mine and I that were talking the other day about about him getting his corn in and just act you know Really, I just I just do it to aggravate him because right. he's, he's sitting there he's easily, easily sitting aggravated, there tapping his legs, <laughs> yeah. and I, I'm like, what, "What's wrong, man? You didn't plant any corn yet?" And you, you know, and he's shut up. I'm trying to, and he's like, "I'll scratch it." You <laughs> yeah, know, like, <laughs> gotta get in, gotta, I get, gotta in. get in, I gotta get in. Yeah. Ooh, I need to get <laughs> Yeah, he he's not that bad yet. Yeah, but um, but anyway, uh, so he and I were talking, and he was talking about how how he had contracted some beans for for uh, I think he said ten fifty. Yeah, and um, it's a good price. It, yeah, it was a really good price, you know, and, and uh, it said that the the USDA report that came out uh, a couple of weeks ago had said that corn and soybean acres were down because a lot of the guys down south have have switched to cotton. Yeah, cotton's up. Wow, Whoa. excuse me. Yeah, cotton's up. Yeah, and um, and so so a lot of those can be, but like what you're saying though, for the dairy industry, they're they're going to plant corn silage. Right. Yeah. Yeah. 
yeah, they're going to plant corn silos no matter what. So, yeah. um, and if they don't plant it, they'll have to get it from somewhere else, you know, so somebody's exactly. going to have to produce corn silage. Um, and so, and I, I'm glad we're seeing that. I mean, not to get off topic, but no. you know, we were going to turn the corner eventually and start seeing prices change. Hopefully, yeah. hopefully they do that in a, in a way that's manageable. Right. You know, a lot of times guys are like, man, I wish we just had $7 corn today. No, I was like, no, I don't, no, I, I don't either. I absolutely no, no, don't. No, no. You know, I mean, for no, anybody who kind of no, understands, I, I still like to buy beef, right? You know what I yeah. mean? And, I don't have to buy pork, but, but right. I, I do like to buy yeah. beef. I have to buy pork. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And from and you, from me so. and, and if it, and. And if prices go up, I'm going to have to charge more. Yeah. And so, uh, but anyway, I mean, you know, we, anybody who understands how markets work and things like that and the way things shift, you really don't want, no, you don't want $3.50 corn one day and $7 corn the next. Um, In fact, there's a lot of guys who will prove to you that like $7, $8 corn is detrimental to the marketplace too, because it affects other things. So hopefully we'll see a shift in a, in a nice fluid movement where we can just uh, see prices go up and hopefully that'll overtake, you know, come over into the milk market and things like that. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, de- definitely. You know, the the markets are an interesting thing. Yeah, I, and I and I and I am by no means a, a market analyst or a, a forecaster by by any any means of whatsoever. But but you're you know you're right. It's it's kind of interesting. There's all there's always a trade off. So so when so when grain prices are low, you know we we typically see we typically see you know. Food prices a, a little bit lower. You know, grain prices yep. go up. I mean, there, there's there's always there there's always this this cause and effect uh, thing going on. But but you know, with the with the milk market the way it is right now, and the processors they're they're really kind of um, y- you know trying to cut back and pull back. Man, this is this is one of those times. But but I that that I hear a lot of I hear a lot of dairymen. You know. Um, who who are who are struggling, and I know there's a lot of guys out there who are struggling. You know, and the, and there's a lot of things that 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 contribute to that. But I but I can't help but remember, and I and I said this earlier in the podcast. We're talking about being down in Tennessee. We had we had gone to several dairies in Tennessee. I was making farm calls with our sales guy down there, and um and and got back. Uh, well, we, we didn't get back. We, we were just traveling all over the state, and most everybody was, oh, yeah, it's just so bad. And, and there were a couple guys who say, we, we won't be in business. We're, we're yeah. next year, and so we're, we're not even going to plant corn silage and, that, you know, whatever. And, and showed up on this one dairy and, and kind of had my sad face on. You know what I mean? My sad face so I could be sympathetic to him. Oh, yeah, I know that things are times are tough. And this dude was like, he was a young man doing a lot of things right. And he was like, man, I had the best year I ever had last year. Yeah. And we were like, really? He goes, yeah. He said, man, I got a new nutritionist. He said, my cows are up. Everything is churning just right. He said, he said it is going so well. This is the time in, in the dairy industry when, when, it is, when, when guys need to uh, need to not freak out and and need to make investments where they need to be made. Yep. You know, it's it's really it's really easy to say I'm not I'm you know, I'm not going to spend any money. I'm not going to do anything. I'm not going to yep. you know, and and I'm going to buy the cheapest this and the cheapest that and find the cheapest labor and 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 the cheapest nutritionist and the cheapest corn seed and the and the cheapest spray. And this is where guys get in trouble. Yeah. You know, um I, I think you know, we're a corn company, so so a lot of people expect us to say things like the most expensive seed you'll ever plant is cheap seed. Yeah. But but it's really the truth. It's, it's very true. It's yeah. absolutely the truth. And um, be, because you, you want to 
you want to invest in the places where where you can get the greatest greatest gains out of. Yep. And and you know, and so when we're when we're talking about cutting back to a short season corn, you know, we don't want to we don't want to freak out and cut back so far that we lose so much quality on yep. that, you know, that that we that we affect we affect the bottom line at the end. We we don't want to so we don't want to cheap out on corn and buy the cheapest stuff from Real King if I'm going to try to feed it, right? right? And and because if I decrease my my milk per ton on on that on that silage yep. by if if I decrease my milk per ton by two hundred uh, two hundred points, okay, then 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 I have I have lost several hundred dollars on that acre. Yep. Okay. You know, if I can gain two hundred uh, points on milk per ton, I, I can gain several hundred dollars on on that acre. So, so it it makes sense to to it to invest in those things they're doing. Yep. This guy invested in a new nutritionist. You know, and it made sense, and and it and it made sense to him, and he was he was happy. You know, consequently, it was uh, you know for for us on that sales call, he had already bought all of his seed from somebody else, but he has already bought and paid and everything else, mm-hmm. and um, and so I think it's really kind of interesting that that this is one of those things where I, I you know, I'd I'd like to see twenty four dollar milk again. I don't want to see twenty four dollar milk tomorrow. Yeah, you know, where, where, where's that gonna right? Where, where's that gonna mess things up? And and so um, so yeah so this is that that time and that place in the industry where guys just need to really get serious about about management. Yep. Okay. And 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 managing their crops, managing their inventories, managing their employees, yep. and and it's one of those things that that it, it hey yeah it's tough and I and I hope that I'm not sounding and making light of any of of any of that at all that the guys aren't aren't you know doing a good job and aren't. Uh, and aren't out there working hard, but this is this is that point in time where we've got to figure out we've got to invest money in in the best places. Right. Yeah. And that's that's really exactly where we're at now. And it's all about making the right decisions and deciding if you know you have to understand if that's the best decision for your farm and for your dairy. And uh, this this idea that we've been going through the past couple of years, which is um, if I spend less and and I can still maintain output. Yeah. So if I can. T- spend less money but still put out as much milk or still yeah. um it's it's really not obtainable right. um it's it's almost a slow death sentence to yep. a lot of guys um and i understand that and it's it's a very sad reality to the marketplace it's a sad reality to that part of the industry um but uh it is one thing where you kind of have to put in if you want to gain back if, more if, if you if you want if you want to gain back more and and be able to uh to continue to to advance yeah. you know um I, I heard a scary thing uh, this week that um, that some bankers in the Midwest are, are um, devaluing some of the three to five to seven hundred head dairies yeah. that they're actually you know they're actually going in and saying this isn't worth this isn't worth what, yeah. what it what it was or what it could be and man this is this is tough time this is tough time for guys and um, and, and it is it, it's a scary time for guys yeah it's really scary. And, um, you know, and, you know, unfortunately we only need so much milk and, um, and, and so we're, we can only use that. And that's where these processors are just, yeah. are, are just, you know, and, and, and they're not the enemy, you right. know, the, the, and, and we, we, we got to make sure that we don't make the processor the enemy, um, because, 
you know, okay, so the processor cuts back on how much he's taking in, mm-hmm. but if he doesn't cut back, he goes bankrupt. Right. You know, and then no nobody's milk is yeah, getting bought. Exactly. So uh-huh. I, I yeah and and so this is that this is that time and and I and I'll, I'll try to let's see if I can bring this back yeah right, <laughs> right? <clears throat> so you're talking about if we if we are going to go shorter season if we get to that point in in um where where we've got to cut back and it looks like we're going to be fairly late planting yeah and 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 we need that above ground protection we're gonna we're, you know we're you're gonna have to pay for it don't yep. don't cheap out on 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 something with just below ground or or just that's just glyphosate tolerant, yep. go go ahead and spend that little extra on on the um, on the uh, uh, on the trait package that's going to be able to protect you from those 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 pests moving in. Yep, and talk to your agronomist, talk to your seed guy, you know, talk to your dealer, because uh, if you do make a decision where you're going to switch relative maturities, you're going into uh, usually a completely different genetic base at that yeah. time. So you're talking about different genetics, and you want if you are making that decision you want to go to them and say i need a hybrid that's going to work well possibly out of its zone yeah you know and make sure that you're picking a hybrid that they said yeah we've pulled it south we know that this like let's just take tennessee we know this 102 day will work down there it can take the heat it can take the stress and and go that route if you are going to make that decision and then you can maximize quality and yield from that hybrid yeah and And you know and, and that's that's one of those things that 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 i think is really important because you know um I have seen producers who want to who want to go, you know, get a shorter season corn, and they'll go to the book and they'll go, oh, this one's the highest quality, and like have to say, wait a minute, time out here, that one may be the highest quality, but it's the highest quality in that zone. Right. I actually have a hybrid that that may not rank as high in quality. Uh, in its zone, but it actually it'll actually work better out of zone. Right, it'll it'll retain that quality. It, it'll, out of zone. it'll it'll re, yeah. re, you know. Whereas if I take that one that has the highest quality, yep. So so I think about um I think about forty fifty versus uh forty two ten. Yep. You know what I mean? Forty fifty had forty forty two uh uh forty two ten. Uh, a lot of times for me has an end zone has really really good high yep. quality corn silage. But I would not drag that thing south. Nope. Where, whereas with forty fifty, it may be in zone a, a little bit less quality, still a really good quality hybrid, maybe a little bit less. But when I when I bring it south, I know that it's going to retain a lot of that yep. quality, and it's going to yield, and it's going to stand up, and yep. it's going to be okay. It was pulled to the Panhandle of Texas this year. It was ninety, 90 day corn in Ni- the Panhandle of Texas, and it, the guy loved it. Said it, it was awesome. It, it survived. Yeah, yeah, it, <laughs> yeah. it was good. So. Yeah. Which yeah. it's hard to survive in the panhandle. I'm not sure I could survive in the panhandle yeah. of Texas. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I mean it would be Texas. So it would be easier for me to survive there because it is Texas. Right? Yeah. I mean, we, we get that. Right. And it's got good barbecue and good music yep. and good Mexican food yep. and good people. Waterburgers everywhere. Waterburger everywhere. Yep. I you know, but as far as as far as the climate. The climate's harsh. It is. It's like there's it, a reason why most why there's more cows than people in the Panhandle it, of Texas. Exactly, because when it's hot, it's, it's hot. hot. Yeah, and when it's cold, it's cold. Yeah. It's really cold. Yeah. Like, that wind blows. It for, gets so cold there. I know. Like I've I've never been to a part of the earth where you could see for that far. Well, I mean, only if, if you can see over the back of a cow. But I mean, yeah, yeah. like <laughs> down in that Hereford yeah. like canyon area. Oh, yeah. I mean, like you get all like I mean, well, when you get into canyon, you kind of get into the rolling parts of right. like Palo Alto and things like that. Yeah. Uh, but like, yeah, down when you're in like yeah Hereford, Lubbock, places like that, you can just see for miles. You see miles. But, yeah. 
It's pretty yeah, awesome. It is. So anyway, cool. Well, Kyle, appreciate you coming in, talking Always. through this with us. And like I say, you know, this isn't a time for guys to freak out. Not not quite yet. Nope. You know, I don't even think we're close. Honestly, I, I don't think we're either. And, and and but at the same time, these are considerations. If you're if you're if you're thinking about doing this, yep. if you're getting anxious and worried, and you're scratching and you're tapping and you're you're <laughs> yeah. all weirded out, you know, get a hobby, uh, get, hunt turkeys. <laughs> Goodness, no man, they got to plant corn. So. Deep, take a deep breath. Take, <laughs> Just a, deep take breath. a deep breath. You'll plant your corn after turkey season. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So anyway. No, sounds good. Hey, guys, we appreciate you uh, out there listening. Hope that we could bring you a little value today. Uh, and uh, appreciate all you do. Uh, remember that we are social, so you can find us at uh, on YouTube, at on Facebook, uh, Instagram, and always, always, always at seedcorn.com. You guys take care.